Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your best life. Just listening to the intro, and it says there that there's secrets to living your best life. And I think today is a really great show to learn one of the biggest secrets there is. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. But first of all, I'll let you uh, invite you to join the conversation if you'd like at 1-866-472-5792. Or you can always text me at 1-514-796-4357. Or our email is info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So the teaser, what is this big secret in life? Well, there is something that's a very big buzzword these days called mindfulness. And I brought in like an incredible expert on this topic, someone I really admire. And I get the great honor of getting to speak with him when we're on the radio often on another show together. Let me tell you about him. Stefan Ben-Susan is a health and educational psychologist with 26 years of experiences. He uses an integrative approach that encompasses cutting-edge tools from psychology, neuroscience, and Eastern philosophies. You can see why I love this. Stefan is an expert in the field of behavioral medicine, child development, parenting, psycho-oncology, psychonumerology. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but anyways, complementary medicine, spiritual psychotherapy, and mindfulness meditation. He's written and published a book in French on how to better cope with cancer, a book designed to help people deal with cancer and its side effects. And he's currently working on his book on mindfulness meditation. He is the go-to guy about mindfulness, and we have him today. Welcome to the show, Stefan. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here because actually I met you like a very long time ago. I saw you. We didn't really meet. We originally uh, started at the same place at a clinic at the Montreal General. And I somewhat over the years followed your career and heard that you had become a specialist in mindfulness. So I'm curious before we delve into what mindfulness means is how did that happen? I don't know the answer to that. How did you become so interested in mindfulness? Well, it's a funny story. I was... um doing some behavior therapy training and we were in Boston for a conference um, for a conference on applied behavior therapy and it was kind of a really boring conference and there was one fellow that was doing an obscure talk in a small room and it was on mindfulness meditation and nobody really heard of that back then that was back in the early 90s 93 uh, if I'm not mistaken and um, so I signed up for it because I thought hey it's a little bit fringe I'm a little bit different um, something alternative let's try and see what it's all about so we were in a small room there must have been maybe 15 to 20 of us in the room and the facilitator was, was a fellow that nobody ever heard of at the time named John Kabat-Zinn so oh I, I attended this lecture and workshop and it was like an eight-hour training on mindfulness and it kind of really impressed me at the time but I didn't really think anything more than that and I didn't think it was going to do anything more but little did I know it kind of crept in on me and it seeped into my world into my life 
And then I started integrating into my practice. And then lo and behold, it became the driving force for my whole um, psychotherapy approach. So now I'm, I call myself a holistic psychologist because I, I use the tools of mindfulness and the principles of mindfulness to kind of guide what I do with my clients and my whole way of thinking and being as a person is really derived from those principles, which I'm excited to talk about today. So that's how I kind of got involved in mindfulness at the time. I was start, I was teaching meditation back in the 90s when everybody thought it was weird or different or quack or whatever. And then now, of course, mindfulness is, like you said, it's the buzzword. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants to do it. It's mainstream. And uh, it is, it's not just a trend. It's, it's something real. And I've seen the results over the last 20, 25 years in terms of how it's made a difference in my life and the lives of clients. And uh, it's really changed a lot. So I'm excited to see it in the forefront because it is the real deal. And uh, I'm happy to share some of my knowledge with you guys. Well, we're very happy to have your knowledge. And for people listening, that small talk with John Kabat-Zinn, he's a pretty famous guy in mindfulness. Um, He really, I think, brought it to mainstream to a certain extent. Uh, Certainly, that's where I first heard about it. So for people listening and who are confused about what on earth are we talking about, let's start with the beginning. What does mindfulness mean? So mindfulness means maintaining a moment-by-moment awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, our sensations, our environment, um, by kind of observing without judgment. So it's teaching meditation, and people get a little frightened when we use the word meditation, but it's really non-secular, it's non-religious, it's really just a heightened level of awareness. What's going on right now for you in this particular instant in time? And that's really what it is. It's about, I call it tuning in. Uh, it's like a radio show, you tune in. Well, you're tuning into what's really happening in your body, in your environment, and in your mind. And once we understand, we tune into all that, it really helps us to kind of really calm down and distill what's the abstract, the negative stuff, all the stuff that's taking up brain space, and distill it to something very, very simple like the sound of the birds or my breath or the sensations I feel in my feet, something very simple and very basic. But what happens is I come out of my head, stop thinking so much and worrying so much, and just be a little bit more. Well explained. And, you know, it's what we know from research, and you'll tell us more about this, it has a profound effect on the quality of our lives. So, Research tells us that people who put mindfulness into their life as a basic thing, they reduce their stress, they enjoy their life better, they feel better. Why is that? What what are these benefits and why does it help so much? That's a really good question. Um, and this is something that I've struggled to explain for many years in terms of why is it important for people to meditate. And the benefits are clearly there. Um, the research is, is astounding. There's hundreds of papers every year being done and presented um, on the benefits, extolling the benefits of mindfulness. Now there's actually research indicating that those who practice meditation can actually benefit from an extended lifespan. Wow. So this is the first time in psychological literature that we can actually say that any specific psychological practice can actually extend our lifespan. And that's pretty remarkable in my mind. That it changes things physiologically in the body. So to come back to your question, why does it change so much? 
I think it's because our society is too much in our heads. We think too much, we process information, we analyze, we learn, we want to know things, we want to understand things, we want to fix everything, solve everything. And sometimes we get caught up in our heads too much. And what mindfulness does is it helps us to come out of our mind a little bit more and just to process real basic day-to-day, moment-to-moment, what's happening right here, right now. So I come back to my breath, come back to my body, come back to my sensations, what's going on in the physical moment in time. And when you start doing that, you shift the brain. So there's research by a fellow in Toronto, the University of Toronto, who's doing research on what happens to the brain when we practice meditation. And what he found is that we start developing less of a thinking brain, which we have very well developed, to more of a sensory brain experience. So we feel more as opposed to think more. Um, I think we don't have a problem thinking and understanding and analyzing because we process that in school and we learn how to do that. But sensory-wise, we become disconnected to our bodies, disconnected to reality, disconnected to what we feel, what's really happening. So when we start shifting our brain, just by a few minutes of mindfulness every day, that can be done. It doesn't have to be very long, but just a few minutes every day, changing the way that we see and feel and experience the world changes the brain and fundamentally changes our life. Wow. So it's pretty big that it fundamentally changes our lives almost breath by breath by breath. Is that right? Absolutely. Moment to moment awareness. Yeah. Now, you know, we're going to talk a lot more about this, but I want to start for people listening saying, this is sounds great, but I can never do that. I'm a very type A and I'm busy and I like being busy and I like using my cognitive brain, my thinking brain. How do people who are go, 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 how can they integrate this into their life? Is it realistic to think they can? So that's a good question, and I get that question from many of my clients who say, this isn't for me, I can't meditate. And it's really not about meditation. It's really just about stopping for a moment and becoming aware and increasing our radar a little bit to take in what's really happening in the moment. And we don't have to do this for hours. We don't have to do this for the full day. We can do this for 30 seconds. We can do this for two minutes at a time. That's my recommendation is two minutes every day to meditate um, or to practice a form of mindfulness. And in doing so, it's going to extol tremendous um, emotional benefits and physical benefits and so forth. And it doesn't have to mean stopping and sitting in a lotus position and chanting home. That's certainly <laughs> one form of meditation. And it works for many. Um, it doesn't work for me, by the way, but uh, it does work. So the mindfulness is, could be just you're brushing your teeth every day. And since we all brush our teeth for two minutes a day or twice a day, as a dentist recommend, you can just mindfully brush your teeth. And now you're meditating and brushing your teeth at the same time. Or if you're walking, you know, you're going for a little walk or you're going just from the office to your car, for instance, that two-minute walk, you can walk in a mindful fashion. Um, we're eating every day. So you're two, three, four meals a day, whatever it is. You stop and you eat with awareness. And that's all it really has to be. It doesn't have to mean stopping life and doing something very, very quieting and forcing us to be quiet. It's really not about that. It's just noticing and developing a heightened level of observation of what's happening as I'm walking. 
what's going on in my mouth when I'm brushing my teeth mindfully. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, what are you doing when you're being mindful brushing your teeth? So you're actually paying attention to the sensations in your mouth. That's right. So you're noticing the sounds of the water perhaps running or the toothbrush against the teeth. You're noticing the taste of the toothpaste. You're hearing the froth. Um, You're tasting everything that's going on. You're feeling the experience. You might be standing up and you might be feeling your feet against the floor. You might noticing your breath and how you're breathing. So all that becomes your experience. So mindfulness means that your mind is full. So now it becomes instead of full of thoughts and worries and concerns, you're just full of awareness of the different sensations. I've never heard that before. I really like that. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about, Yeah, I mean, assumably this is good for everybody, but what I'd really like to talk about is in particular, you, you say that you're a holistic psychologist, so there must be specific, and I, you know, this is obviously a little bit of a teaser because I, I'm sure that people who suffer from anxiety or stress management would really benefit from this, but I really want to hear from you who would benefit the most beyond the obvious question to everybody. Okay. So we'll be, we'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back. I'm here with Stefan Ben-Susan. He is a holistic psychologist and specializes in mindfulness. And we're learning about the benefits and the importance of mindfulness. It's a buzzword. We hear it all the time. Every Everywhere we go, we hear, oh, we've got to be more mindful and it's good for us. And yes, we do hear to meditate that it will be very good at slowing down our life. And I wanted to really have Stefan on to really break it down 
and to understand it. And so this idea of even brushing your teeth and being mindful, I'm sure there's people listening that have the question, what is this good for? Like, why am I doing this, Stefan? Well, you're meditating, you're creating mindfulness to become, um, first of all, you're retraining the brain to process information. So Mm -hmm. instead of taking information and analyzing it from a cognitive point of view, a mental point of view, which can sometimes get us caught up into emotions such as anxiety and sadness and worry and so forth, you're teaching the brain to process information in a different way, in a more basic and a more fundamental and a more sensory way. You're connecting to all of your senses, so you're heightening your senses, so you're living a more whole experience. When you're connecting to the sounds and the smells and the breath, you're actually integrating your left and your right hemispheres, and you're actually balancing your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system. So it's actually going to help people to calm down, to process information in a different way, not get caught up in their stresses and worries. And what's over time, what tends to occur is that we become a little bit more objective to the things that our mind creates. And we don't get caught up in our stories anymore. Because a lot of the time we think and we think, and then the more we think, the more we get caught up in a story that our mind has developed. And that story takes us away into this world that is full of anxiety and stress. And most of the time, those thoughts and feelings are needless. It's just needless suffering. So when you're meditating or when you're practicing mindfulness, you're becoming aware of, oh my, look at my mind, it's trying to make me think about this right now. And I don't really need to think about this. So let me just notice my breath. Or let me just notice what's going on in 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 my chest right now or in my feet right now or in the sounds I hear outside. And when we do that, it gives us access to a whole different way of experiencing life. Um, you know, I had a client the other day who I was teaching mindfulness with and you know, he was practicing it. And then when he came back, he told me this the first time that he was walking down the block of his street, which he's been walking for the last 25 years, he was walking from his house to the bus stop. And he's never noticed all the different aspects of the houses because he's always thinking while he's walking to the bus stop of what his day is going to be like, what he has to find, what he has to do. And now that he was walking mindfully, he was able to notice all the little details and the beauties that are around, the types of flowers and the kind of neighbors and how they decorate their places. And All of a sudden, he was walking to work much more calmly, much more peacefully. So it changes the way we experience the world. I really love what you were talking about, you know, uh, even observing your thoughts. I've heard it said that when you're in mindfulness, you become the observer instead of the victim of the story you tell yourself. And that, that really spoke to me, is that those thoughts in your head, if you observe them, they don't have the same power over you. Is that right? That's right. We call that observing the thoughts or cultivating the witness. Um, I call it, imagine that there's a camera that's at the top of the ceiling that's filming and recording you. And a camera doesn't judge it's good, it's bad, or how can he do that? So it doesn't question, it just records and films and observes. So we want to develop that ability of observing without needing to judge and interfere with anything else. So when you start practicing mindfulness, whether it's the toothbrush or the walking or the eating or anything else, you learn to detach yourself from the thoughts, and the thoughts take way less importance in our lives. And we learn not to attach ourselves to the thoughts, and then we learn that we don't have to have expectations. And then we learn that we can 
detach from the emotions, that we don't have to get stuck in the emotions. And in my mind, this is one of the reasons we have so much suffering in the world, is that we get caught up in our stories, and get caught up in our emotions. We feed the emotions through drama, through social media, through all kinds of news that we hear sometimes. And we think about it and worry about it, and then we see it on TV or we see it on, on the news, and it gets us really upset and stressed inside. And then we talk about it more with our friends, and then just keeps us in a state of anxiety. And what we need to do is to learn to detach more from the events that are happening, from the stories that are happening in the world, but also the stories that we tell ourselves. So yeah. learn detach from the thoughts yeah no I, I i that really speaks to me i mean i think that social media and you know the computer age that we're in we are being bombarded with information and you know i think that i probably represent a fair amount of people listening as i'm quite type a so there's a lot going on and we integrated my husband and i actually a couple of years ago doing a meditation every evening together and it's it's a bit like a muscle isn't it like the more we do it the better it seems to be like we get better at it because at first when I do it I'd be like okay how much longer till this is over with and now it's really something like it's a ritual in our marriage it's very it affects my sleep it affects everything and exactly what you're saying to be able to go back to the breath when all this fast stuff is happening to recenter ourselves. it is it like a muscle that the more you do it the better you become at it absolutely and, and it's not only a muscle, it's a nerve fiber that we can actually track in our brains. And we can actually see that in functional MRIs. And we do um, studies on people who start to learn how to meditate and then who become experts in meditation after only about eight weeks. Um, we notice significant brain changes. So the neurons start firing at a certain frequency and a certain rhythm. And the neuronal pathways that develop as a result of practicing meditation are pretty astonishing. For me, I look at it like it's like you're creating a different road for your car to drive on. And then the faster, the more often you drive on that road, the faster you can drive on it, the, the smoother that road becomes, the quicker you get to your destination. So it becomes a different way of, of developing um, awareness, that it becomes a natural reaction. So you're saying it's like you, you strengthen it by using it like a memory, like a, like a muscle, and on a nervous system basis, that's exactly what we're doing. We're recreating and we're changing, we're recreating the nervous system's pathways, which is amazing to me to be able to have such a simple psychological tool, yet have such a profound effect on what's going on in our physiology. It's interesting because the way you describe it, it almost sounds like a natural medicine and people don't hesitate to take medication. Um, and, you know, you meet people who don't want to go to the medication route, it seems to me, and a lot of our listeners do suffer with anxiety. Uh, it seems to me for people who are suffering with anxiety, this could be something they could try. Is that right? Oh, definitely. Anytime there's depression, anytime there's anxiety, we're really not in the present moment. And present moment awareness is really a fundamental principle of mindfulness. So people who have anxiety or anxiety disorders are basically thinking too much about the future. Yeah. So too much thinking of the future takes us out of noticing what's happening right here, right now in the present moment. So very simply, we teach people with anxiety, okay, let's let go of the thoughts about what's going to happen later or tomorrow. And let's just come back to what's happening in your breath. Let's notice the sounds around us. Let's notice 
where your sensations are in your body, how you feel in your shoulders, in your legs, anywhere else. And just that awareness of what's happening right here, right now, just doing that for 30 seconds to two minutes will help already calm down the anxiety that is happening. Um, so that's profound already if they're able to recognize that, hey, I, may, I have anxiety it's because my mind's in the future. Let's come back in the present. All of a sudden, I don't have anxiety anymore. It's, it's amazing because what also happens is it teaches people with anxiety that they now have a choice. They can let their mind wander and worry and worry and create all kinds of stories and situations which brings them brings them into the fear and the worry, and then that'll feed the anxiety. Or they can choose to let go of that worry sequence and come back into the present moment and just notice what's happening right here and now and feel more moments of peace. But now it's amazing because now they don't have to feel stuck in the anxiety they can actually be okay with what's happening right here, right now. Right. And that's coming back to the now is like, ultimately that is all we ever have in life, right? Is the now. So I'm curious, we naturally seem to not be able to do this without practice. Like if we don't practice mindfulness, it is not a natural skill to live in the now. So I'm curious in your research and your work, Stefan, have you ever been curious about the question, why are we not naturally mindful or in the now? I think our society, Sandra, it's a good question. I think our society programs us to plan, to solve problems, to figure out, to have a critical mind, to be objective to understand what happened in the past, to correct our mistakes going forward, um, improve our lives, get better marks in school, uh, fix problems at work and so forth. So we're always looking away from what's actually where we're at. And our society programs us that we need to advance, we need to progress, we need to change, we need to develop. So naturally when we do those things, we are in a problem-solving mindset. And as a result, we're automatically focused on the past and the future. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with doing those things. As long as from time to time we're able to say, okay, let's just stop and be noticing the present moment for a moment. Let's just be here now for now. It's not my time right now to worry about the future. It's not my time to reflect on the past. Right now it's just a moment for us to kind of connect to what's happening now. So I think there's a room for both. Um, we do need to be able to kind of soften a little bit and not let our mind continue to travel all the time. Okay, so, you know, when we come back, we'll get into how one could start this. But I noticed before we go, I noticed that you did mention quite a few times, like two minutes, one minute. And I, I really like that because I know that people are listening are going, this sounds good, but it's a little bit overwhelming when you haven't done this. Like, again, like you said, like sitting um, in lotus position and they're picturing 45 minutes. Um, you know, before we take a break, can you just say a few words on, it sounds like you're saying this does not have to be a lot of time. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. It could be times when you just integrate it to things that you already do, activities that you naturally do already, like walking, like eating, like um, breathing, like even just going to the bathroom. I mean, how many times do you go to the bathroom every day? <laughs> Hopefully four to six to eight times a day, right? right. So. If every one of those times we can just sit and observe what's going on for 30 seconds or 60 seconds or however long it takes, we're already being mindful. We're already practicing mindfulness. It's a funny image, but that, that alone would give us some of the benefits of doing mindfulness. Just That's that. Right. 
That's right. And so we don't have to find extra time. That's probably the concern of a lot of people. I don't have time to meditate. Yeah. You don't have to find the time. You just integrate it to the things that you're already doing. That's the beauty of mindfulness. It's uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. I feel it's very important for us to discuss this. We're going to come back and talk about some of the principles of mindfulness and how someone can really get started on this. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. I'm really enjoying today's show. I, you know, I've been traveling, as many of you know, a lot this month. I've spoken with a lot of people uh, with different challenges, anxiety, stress, depression, uh, challenges in the couple. And I know a lot of you are listening to the show. And um, the question often comes up is, you know, what can I apply in my life right now to, as Stefan said, reduce suffering. And I'm so happy to have Stefan Ben Susan on to talk about mindfulness and the importance of it. And before I ask him more questions, I got to put him on the hot seat. So Stefan, how do you integrate mindfulness into your life? I'm curious. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't find 20 minutes of my day to sit and practice meditation. I don't hum. I don't chant. Um, <laughs> what I do do is I do practice it. When I do when I do breathing, um, I, I'll do it. Before I get on the phone call, I'm, I'll meditate. Um, when I go to the bathroom, I'll practice mindfulness. When I'm in the shower, I'm taking a mindful shower. Um, when I'm walking, I'll do some mindfulness. And when I'm doing my yoga. So every time I practice yoga, I'm doing it very mindful. So those are the areas that I use to, to practice mindfulness. And from time to time, I'll do it through through the toothbrush exercise. 
I love that you were honest about that. It makes us all feel better to know that you're not sitting there for two hours a day doing meditation. So really appreciate that. Um, So the principles of mindfulness, I want to get into that, but you did mention breathing. And I want to ask the question um, whether it is a specific breathing technique that needs to be learned to practice this because you know, we know there's certain techniques that help us turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and relaxation response. Does one have to be versed in that? Is that how someone ends up coming to see you? So in mindfulness, one of the principles is non-transformation and acceptance of things as they are. So mm-hmm. we certainly don't need any specific form of breathing to meditate and breathing mm-hmm be any form it could be just a natural breath just notice how you breathe notice how you don't breathe notice where the air is going and where the air is not going and that could be as simple as that um if we want to bring us into a little quieter place or in a bit of more of a relaxed place then for sure breathing in and out through the nose helps and breathing into the nose into the belly as opposed to the chest so the belly expands as we breathe in and out um can actually help us to feel more relaxed but it's not a prerequisite and it's not absolutely necessary to breathe this way it's just we, we in mindfulness it's really just about bringing awareness to how we're breathing and that's the key is the awareness aspect instead of thinking i'm noticing instead of planning and worrying i'm observing and that's more the quality of that change that counts it's not so much the specific technique of, of what to do or how to breathe or uh, how to eat. There's no magical formula about this. Okay. So is one of the principles then of, of mindfulness knowing that there is not a specific method, it's just coming back to the moment, or is there more? So we're sitting, let's say we're, we're well, let's do the toothbrush analogy. You're okay. practicing your mindfulness, you're brushing your teeth, you're standing by the counter and you feel the toothbrush against your teeth and you're, and you're feeling the froth of the toothpaste and the taste. And now you have a thought, what am I going to do later? What's happening today? What happened earlier? As soon as you have a mind that takes you away, just notice it and just simply come back to my mouth. What's happening in my mouth? Let's notice the froth that's going on inside my mouth. And as I connect to that, I'm just letting go of the thoughts. So my mind's going to naturally go back to another thought or the same earlier thought. And again, we do the same thing. So we go, we watch the mind go, and we simply bring it back. We don't push the thought away. We don't reject it. We don't judge it. We don't say, this isn't working for me. How come I can't calm down? I can't do this. Get away from the, the negative language. Get away from the negative talk. And just simply let go of the thought wherever it wants to go and come right back to the mouth or whatever experiences. So with mindfulness, it's moment-to-moment awareness, instant-to-instant. What am I doing right now? Where is my mind at now? Okay, let's come back. Let's, let's watch, let's watch, let's watch. Oops, my mind is gone again. Okay, that's normal. I expect it to go because the mind is busy. It's kind of like a horse. It likes to kind of gallop and go off. It doesn't just like to sit still and do nothing. It okay. likes to run free and be wild. So. Okay. We want to accept the nature of the mind and not fight it, not reject it, not resist it. So in allowing ourselves to accept that nature, we only come back to what is happening in the now. And that keeps it much simpler. So that means we can let go of expectations. I should be doing it this way or I'm doing it right or I'm doing it wrong. There's no wrong in mindfulness. 
There's no such thing as right or wrong. And again, if we start seeing it this way, then it takes away the judgment of ourselves. And if I stop judging myself, then guess what? My self-esteem improves. And if I don't judge myself, then I accept myself more. And that, improve, and that improves my sense of control, my sense of abilities of making a difference in my life. And those mm-hmm. things are major changes psychiatrically, psychologically. In the literature, we know that if I have a sense of control, if I have a sense of empowerment, if I have a sense of I'm calm within myself, I have confidence in myself, we can feel good about ourselves. And those are all very good mental health measures. And all this because we're practicing mindfulness. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you integrate it into your practice because, um, you know, you mentioned or we talked about in your bio that, you you know, you treat people with parenting issues, couple issues, child development issues, um, you know, complementary medicine, all sorts of things. So listening to that and you brought up self-esteem. So right away when you said, wouldn't it be nice if we just weren't judgmental of ourselves, it changes almost everything. Is that how it integrates to all these different areas? Well, I'll give you an example. You know, with our children, for instance, we tend to have this idea that our children need to always excel and be better and improve and stuff. And what's important with with parenting skills, what we're learning now is self-esteem with children is based on what are the parents going to think? What are the parents going to react like? What are they going to say about me? Um, And a lot of the times what we recommend in parenting now from a mindful perspective it's just bringing awareness to the child of, okay, this is the mark that you got. How do you feel about it? What's coming up for you? Are you okay with this? Do you have a thought about this? Is there anything you'd like to change about it? Yes or no? And, and then it's just really about accepting what it is without saying, well, you should have done studied more or you could do better or uh, really, really great. That was amazing. I can't wait to, for the next one. It's really not about building excitement or about judging them positively or negatively. It's really just about accepting them as they are um, and accepting their performance as it is. And when we do that, what occurs is that the child feels less pressure to to succeed and then they naturally feel calmer inside. And when there's no fear and they're calmer, they tend to do better because they want to do better, not because they're afraid, oh my God, my mom or my dad is going to be upset with me. It's really coming from an intrinsic point of view, like, No, it just feels like this is something I'm curious about. I want to learn more about this subject. I want to do well for myself. So I'm going to put in the effort that I want to put in. Um, So it it teaches children to be less judgmental of themselves, reduces their anxiety, which is really high right now in kids these days. And it gives kids the ability of feeling like I can direct my life the way that I want. So little things like modeling our children in terms of practicing mindfulness, can make a significant difference in the way our kids feel and obviously affect our future generations. It's very powerful what you're saying, extremely powerful and definitely not uh, intuitive for most parents, okay? Certainly not the way most of us were raised. So I'm picturing somebody wanting to know the answer to this question is, so your kid gets a report card, they didn't do very well, you ask them, how do you feel about it? And they say, I feel fine about it. Okay, so how do you so how do you, you feel fine about it? Is there anything that you want to change about it? Are you comfortable with the way that things are going? Yeah, I'm uh, great. And you're comfortable, and it looks like from the results, if you continue this, that probably you'll fail this, the grade. <laughs> may have to come back next year and do this again. Are you okay with that? 
And right. if they continue saying, yes, yes, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you're ready to face those consequences, great, okay. So if you're okay with it, I'm okay with that. Wow. Well, that's like, if that's the parent you are, that's amazing. That's the wherewithal to be able to do that. I mean, that is for sure uh, reflective of the mindfulness work you do, because there's got to be a part of the person doing this going, whew, okay, I'm working on accepting and just going with my kid. And it's such a beautiful gift to give to a kid. It seems really challenging if you weren't raised that way to do that. You're right, Sandra. I believe that part of the problem is that parents parent because of their own fears. What would happen if my kid fails? I'm afraid of them failing, so I better put pressure on them because if I don't put pressure on them, they're not going to study hard and they're going to fail and I'm going to look bad. Right. Our narcissism. Yes. Yeah. so afraid of what other people are going to think of us as parents that we put right. pressure on our kids to succeed, but it's really about ourselves. For sure it is. And actually pressure on kids is not linked with their success at all. Actually, as you said, it causes anxiety. Well, I'll tell you a quick story. I had, um, I was doing a talk at a school a few weeks ago and there was one of the moms told me that her six year old daughter who was in kindergarten was having anxiety attacks. And I'm thinking, why does a six year old have to be so anxious? And she goes every morning. She tries to get her out of out of um, out of the house on time to get to school on time. So what she does is she takes a timer and she says, "You have 30 minutes to get up, make your bed, get changed, brush your teeth, come and eat, and be ready and put your shoes on, and everything should be packed in your school bag before this before the timer expires. Otherwise, we're going to be in big trouble." <laughs> and so this kid is like freaking out every day. She's rushing, rushing, rushing. And now she's really complaining and she's crying halfway through. She goes, mommy, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to have time. I'm not going to be able to make it. The time's going to run out. Oh, my God. And I basically told her, you're teaching your child how to be anxious. You're teaching, you're developing an anxiety disorder in your child. Is this what you want? And, of course, it's not what she wanted, but she didn't know any other way. And so we explored that together. I said, what would happen if she's late for school? And she goes, well, actually, she wouldn't be late for school. I would be late for work. Right. So it's really about her fear, but what would happen to her rather than what would happen to her daughter? But what's she supposed to do? Well, she can tell the child, well, we have a certain amount of time and we're going to do our best to get there on time. And what would happen if she's late? Let's focus on that. If she is late for work, um, let's deal with the consequences. But focusing on exclusively what will happen if we're late, what will happen if we're late, what will happen with your late only increases the stress in the child and the parent. If we learn mindfulness strategies, we learn to trust that we're going to be okay. We've done this before. It's going to be fine. We have enough time. And barring any major traffic or any other issues that happen, we'll be okay. And if there are problems, then we'll have to cope with that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I love that. I want to make sure that I want to see if we're on the same page about this is I love the gentle, mindful approach. I wonder, and I suspect you, as I said, I met you originally at the same training that I had. Is is it okay once you're gentle and mindful that if the same behavior keeps happening, that you could very mindfully give a consequence? Absolutely. Okay. For you. The consequences (laughs) need to be natural, right? Yeah. Um, so the I won't be able to take you to school anymore. Like if mommy's late, I just can't take you to school anymore. Exactly. Like something like, like natural consequences, I suppose. Exactly. All right. So, right. And 
those things make sense to the child and, and they'll understand because we live in a world where there's actions and consequences. If I drive through a red light and I may get a ticket. So right. We learn how to do this in childhood as well. Okay, good. So I want that out there for sure that mindfulness, as gentle as it is, because I work with a lot of parents who are listening and I teach a lot about boundaries and consequences. Mindfulness does not mean we don't have boundaries and consequences. Right, right, Stefan? It's not okay. ignoring those things. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to bring it home with how can you start your meditation practice. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back. I knew this show was going to go fast because it's such a hot topic. It's such an important one. And Stefan, we're so happy that you're sharing with us um, these examples, even in parenting, how mindfulness plays such a role. And as I listen to that story, for sure, the idea of a parent, you know, very calmly even asking their child with a report card, how do you feel about that? That parent is someone who's practicing mindfulness because their inner dialogue of my kid must do well, my kid must do well, or my kid must get to school on time has to be quieted. And that's exactly what I think uh, meditation, because I only do very short meditations, but they've really helped me uh, to quiet my mind. And you mentioned yoga as well, which is something I'm, I'm also really into. How, what's the role of yoga in terms of uh, mindfulness? What's the connection here? Yoga is a beautiful tool to help us get in touch with our bodies. So it takes us out of our mind and focusing on how am I holding my arms and how am I moving and how is my leg? Is it in the right position? And then connecting to the pose with breath awareness because yoga is the marriage of breath and movement at the same time. 
Um, so when we're connecting to the movement and we're moving at the same time or holding the posture, we're practicing mindfulness, really. Um, so that's how it's, it's a natural way of, of using, you know, mindfulness in a yoga pro- in a yoga presentation. So a lot of the time with my clients who are very, very busy in their heads and they can't sit and they can't focus on what the sounds are, we'll meditate with movement. We'll do some yoga postures in the office. Wow. Um, and right away that'll, that'll make them change the way they, they feel. And so meditation, again, doesn't have to be in a cross-lotus, cross-legged lotus position. It can be as you're moving, as you're walking, as you're practicing yoga. So we have to just basically find what works for us. Um, yoga tends to work really well for me and a lot of people. Um, and people who can practice it, great. And does, you don't have to be a yogi. You don't have to stand on your head. Uh, you don't have to do all kinds of advanced postures. But some of the simple elementary techniques are useful. When I teach my meditation class, because um, I do teach a meditation class here in Montreal, um, some of the times we practice some movement meditations. And we'll just do like a balancing pose. We'll be standing on one leg and lifting the right leg up. And we'll hold it there for like a minute and a half. And, you know, just a simple leg lift. You're lifting it off like three, four inches off the ground. It doesn't seem like a big deal. But hold it up there for about 60 seconds and you'll start feeling like those muscles are firing and you're feeling pain sometimes and discomfort. And then the mind starts bracing. And so we'll do some of those postures to kind of challenge the mind to stay in the present and not go into the future or the past. So it really doesn't matter what you do as long as it helps you to stay aware and present with what's going on. Um, Some people prefer music. Um, Listening to music helps them to be in the present. For me, music takes takes me away to another world and a dimension. I can start visualizing and listening to all the instruments. So that doesn't work for me, right, music? Um, But for some, it really does. for other people, it's it's um, the breath work is really, really essential. So noticing the breath in and the breath out and what happens in between the inhale and the exhale and so forth, that makes a major difference for people. Other people can't get into the breath. So it, it really depends on the individual and what you're like and what you, what you enjoy. Um, meditation should be fun. It should be light. It should be easy. It shouldn't be strenuous and difficult and a strength. We want this to be a lifetime practice, not just a technique that can help us feel better in the moment. It's something that we want to be able to cultivate daily. Um, and in doing so, we're, we're actually encouraging ourselves to learn this practice and, and use it on a daily basis for the rest of our lives because it's so powerful. Why would we want to use it? Right. So for people listening and they're motivated now, they're listening to you. First of all, let me get right away. You said you do a meditation class in Montreal. So we have a lot of Montreal listeners. Where's the meditation class? So I'm excited to teach at the West Island Moksha um, Yoga Center and uh, on Sources Boulevard and Dollar Desarmo. Um, so you can find them on the web, West Island Moksha Yoga. And it's a... Beautiful yoga studio, and I love teaching that. That's on a Tuesday mornings, uh, usually 9.30 to 10.30 in the morning. And for those who can't make that time, we are looking at creating other meditation classes throughout the week as well. So um, inquire, feel free, send me a note or send, send her a note, and we'll keep you posted on our upcoming sessions as well. 
We do well, workshops and lectures, um, but we certainly do classes. And the classes are fine. The ones that we do at Moksha are community yoga classes, so they're only $5. Um, and the money goes to charity. So it's a way for the community to kind of get involved and learn about how to practice mindfulness. Beautiful. Well, we'll get more details on how people can reach you right at the end of the show. But for people listening who got motivated by you today and you explaining so eloquently about mindfulness, and they're like, okay, I want to start. How do they start? I know we've got the toothbrushing. Yeah. Is there more? So it helps to have a community. So if you are involved in a yoga community or in a holistic community, see what's being offered around you in terms of meditation classes or groups or people or meetup sessions. Um, there's all kinds of people that are practicing mindfulness in different ways. And it really has to be a mindfulness practice that we've talked about because there's, there's over 200 different schools of meditation. Mindfulness is one of them. So if you're practicing a different form of meditation, you may not get some of the same benefits that we've talked about today. Not to put down the other schools, but you really want, if you want some of the things that we've talked about today, the mindfulness is really the approach to try. Um, so make sure you're practicing a mindfulness in a group setting if you can do that. Um, if you don't have the ability of doing that, you want to integrate it on your own, start with some very simple things. Just integrate it, have an intention of doing it two minutes every day. And then you can decide what those two minutes are going to be like, whether it's brushing your teeth mindfully, whether it's eating a meal or part of a meal, whether it's a snack that you have every day at the same time. Um, it could be a walk that you take. It could be um, an exercise that you're doing, like some sit-ups or push-ups or things that you're naturally doing on a regular basis integrated into something that you're already doing that doesn't require a lot of brain power. Um, a lot of people I know, men and women who are washing their own cutlery and dishes, um, that's a beautiful time to practice mindfulness. When you're in front of the sink and washing your, your plates, that's a good time to, to be mindful of the process of actually washing. Um, taking a shower, taking a bath, any of the activities that you do, self-hygiene, painting your nails, any of those things are great opportunities to practice mindfulness. Yeah, I really like um, when you mentioned that, it's, you know, you can do it on your own, but there's a lot of power in doing it in a community. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of prayer. It reminds me of many things that there is something in yoga classes. There is something about like-minded people doing it together. There's an energy that gets created. And um, I love that you have that class here in Montreal, but I would suspect that across North America that there are classes of this nature. Um, you know, it's mindfulness is a cheap concept. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, so usually you can find something like that to start integrating it into your life. And if you are a go, go, go person and, you know, you're dealing with your kids and your job and this and that, it's it's really something that can have a profound effect on your life, which is why I wanted to have you so badly on the show. Um, and we're just about out of time, Stefan. And I, I want to thank you, first of all, for being on the show with us and giving us so much knowledge. Um, definitely, I want people to know how they can reach you and where they can find you. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for having me on the show. It's been a blessing, and I've been really enjoying the show. So thank you for having me and uh, asking your wonderful questions. Um, people can reach me through our website, which is www.psysante.com, P-S-Y-S-A-N-T-E.com. Um, they can also reach us uh, in Montreal, area code 514-542-6888. 
Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other social media links that they can find uh, through our website as well to, to find me or find our, our clinic. And we have those links also on the Voice America site. And if you want to start to integrate mindfulness in your life and you are in the Montreal area, I highly recommend getting in touch with Stefan. Stefan, thank you so much for coming on Voice America. Thank you so much, Sandra. I appreciate it. I'd like to also thank our listeners from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich, and I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. If you're interested in retreats, therapy, any media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out helpforanxietydepression.com. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Straight Talk Sandra Rich. Feel free to leave a question for me or Stefan or any of our guests. And by the way, once you're there, remember to like us. Uh, you can hear this in any prior show as a podcast on my website, straighttalksandarish.com, on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandarish. Drop me a comment or a question or Stefana drop her, uh, a comment or a question at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandarish and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandarish. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.